without knowing who's playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears, it's extremely hard to preview this Packers-Bears matchup. But Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins me, and we do our best. That starts right now. You are Locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We run the Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen. And let's dive into our crossover. Welcome inside another crossover edition Locked on Packers, Locked on Bears. I'm Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers with Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears for a rivalry renewed. Not a lot at stake in this one. Crossover Thursday presented to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money. It's that easy. You don't have to play against me. You don't have to play against Lauren. Prize picks just lets you play against the prize pick, the number that they pick. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. As I said, Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers, Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. You know that if you clicked the link. Lauren, this is a a Packers-Bears game that is going to have less fanfare than the first time, uh, much less at stake because the season is over for both of these teams in terms of postseason aspirations for the Packers, 3-4% chance, like who cares? So what is the biggest storyline right now in Chicago and why is it Justin Fields' shoulder? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be that. <laughs> that or the Packers or the Bears signing Tim Boyle today from the Lions mm. squad. Former former Green Bay Packer legendary quarterback Tim Boyle. But right Tim Boyle laser show. That, that's sort of the indicator, right, that we're sort of waiting to see. Is, is Justin Fields going to be healthy? He was limited at practice on Wednesday. He had been limited in the week leading up to the Jets game. Wanted to try it out in the morning, but really didn't feel like he could protect himself very well or play without being in quite a bit of pain. And so does seven more days make a, an AC joint injury that much better to be able to play against Green Bay? I think the Bears are going to really string this out and make Green Bay have to prepare for the possibility of Justin Fields. And there's certainly a motivation to want to play him against the Packers. The Bears claim there's not whether it's the Packers or the Jets or any other opponent, it's not going to make a difference. And the fact that there's a bye week afterward is not going to make a difference. They say publicly, but internally, you got to be sitting there feeling like, yeah, you'd like to play him against Green Bay, but you have the bye week. It's an extra week for him to, to rest up and maybe you try and bring him back afterwards. I have a feeling they're going to they're going to string along this charade a little bit, but I at this point, I think I'd still be a little bit surprised unless something drastic changes in terms of an improvement in his health at practice during the week. I don't think we're probably going to see Justin Fields again. Let me let me rephrase this. If you were in the room with Matty Rafluse and Ryan Poles and the, and the decision makers in Chicago, what would you be telling them about the the wisdom of playing Justin Fields with the understanding, of course, that like. We don't have the access to the medicals. We don't know what what the doctors are saying. We don't know what Justin Fields is saying. But just from the outside looking in, if they called you and they said, "Lauren, get on this conference call," <laughs> what would you be? 
what would you be advising them in terms of playing or not playing Justin Fields? Because I have Bears fans in my life, friends of mine that are just like, I don't, I don't want to see him out there unless he's 100%. Yeah, so I think for me, number one concern is re-injury risk. That if there's any sort of possibility of making the shoulder worse or hurting him more and, and having this become a larger issue than it is, then I, I just don't think there's enough value in trying to play him. But I do think if you can have reasonable assurances about the quality of the shoulder protection and, and all that, Justin Fields is a quarterback that still needs to develop, particularly at, as a passer. Sure. And I think all we've been talking about with Fields this season is like he needs experience in this offense with these receivers in live game actions, doing the things that you can't replicate perfectly at practice that when the bullets are really flying and you have to feel an actual pocket and not a red Jersey on that protects you from being hit. Like these are the things he just needs more experience doing in the NFL to maybe speed up the way he's going through his reads and speed up the decision-making and speed up even the throwing motion at times and make sure that, you know, he has more of that under his belt to kind of look at and have been through all the different things defenses are going to throw at him. And I think there's not really any need for him to be going out there, putting his body on the line as a runner at this point. There's, there's not much to actually play for in that way, but I think playing time and playing experience will be good for his development still overall. Yeah. We can talk about that in the matchups part of this as well, because I think that's the, that's the piece for him. It's, it's fascinating to me because to your point about, you know, not wanting to expose him as a runner, you know, you and I went back and forth on Twitter the other day about his running. Yeah. And it does like strike me as, yeah, you want to see him win from the pocket, but right now the best thing about Justin Fields is he is one of the most dynamic players in the league. That's not hyperbole in the league with the ball in his hand. And so if you're going to take that away from him, aren't you putting him at a disadvantage by saying we need you to win as a pocket passer because you can't, or we don't want you to do this other thing. Like if it's in the back of your mind as a quarterback, I, I really don't want to take off and run because I don't want to take a hit on his shoulder that seems like it is going the other way in terms of wanting to make progress because now you have this thing that's making you potentially want to sit in the pocket longer, hold the ball longer, all of which are impulses that Justin Fields is already kind of trying to shake, right? Like that's part of his progression is being able to hit that back foot and have the ball be out. If you're worried about, okay, ball, if the ball's not out and I have to take off, can I do that? That seems like it's it's a bit of a problem. And, and that's that ties into, I'm gonna let you respond to that, but it ties into the the biggest story with Green Bay, and that's the run defense. You give up a historic amount against the Eagles. If if Justin Fields can't go, I think the Packers are gonna feel a lot better about being able to defend this Bears rushing attack if Justin Fields can't be a part of it. You know, you're not worried about Trevor Simeon's wheels coming out of that pocket, get, taking you down down. Listen, field. Northwestern legend, I get it, uh, but no. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, I, I, I just, that's why I say like, it's not, it's just not worth any sort of injury risk for fields because like the, you have, you have the, the potential there of oh, not stunting the development there, but if he have if he's having to think about it so much more in the pocket, is he really growing then as a quarterback and as a passer or is, or does it become too much on his plate? Does he start to force things, think too much about how he's throwing the ball or what he's doing with his body. And all of a sudden he's kind of in his own head as a quarterback, like, I, I think the, the the risk you're mitigating there is is really pretty significant when it comes to the injury and just kind of kind of letting him go. And yeah, the Bears are going to lose games and and they're not going to play as well with Trevor Simeon in there. And it's it's going to limit the offense. But it, Justin Fields is a little bit more important than that for the franchise long term. Yeah, no, Darnell Mooney probably influences this as well. Like if you're not getting reps with the guy who's supposed to be your number one receiver, along with Chase Claypool, who now they gave up draft capital for, maybe he's the one B. It would be nice to get him out there with Claypool, right? But 
like this is they're playing the long game with all this very quickly lauren i want to ask you before we get into the matchups this is a big picture question that i don't know we'll have time for in any other segment sure let's say the bears have a top three pick what do they do I think, first of all, you're fielding any team that wants to trade up for a quarterback. And if you can get an extra first or second round pick out of a trade down situation there, they just need more talent. They need better players across their roster. And, and adding premium draft picks is a great way to do that. But beyond that, I mean, I, I, I certainly I don't know if you're wondering, if you're asking, but I don't think they're going to consider a quarterback at this point. I think they're in on Justin Fields and pretty well invested at, at this time. So then it's like, give me the absolute best player available in the draft. that's not a quarterback. Blue chip tackle, blue chip pass rusher. I heck, I'd take a blue chip cornerback, even another one. I mean, they might as well. You, you can always use more of them. Pretty much any difference maker that they can get at the top of the draft, Adam, regardless of position. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever wherever you get podcasts. Block Forever is a really cool new show from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. He takes you inside the mind of an NFL football player. Guys like Christian McCaffrey are on the show, Juju Smith-Schuster, to give you the ins and outs of the meeting room, what happens at the hotel, inside the locker room. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. Ryan and guests discuss topics like psyche sports betting playing through pain being a leader all the good stuff all the stuff that players don't really talk about in media sessions now catch the full block forever series available anywhere you get your podcasts available everywhere now audible get in the game and thanks for making locked on packers and locked on bears your first listen today for your second listen check out locked on sports today my show all sports. It's all the sports from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So, Lauren, previewing the Bears offense is tough because we don't know who's going to play quarterback. That makes the matchup part of this really tricky. So, let's start, I guess, with the defensive side for Chicago because. Eddie Jackson, unfortunately, has a list Frank injury. He's going to be out a while, probably going to miss the rest of the season. Um, the Bears traded Robert Quinn, who was their best pass rusher. They traded Roquan Smith, who was their best linebacker. They lose Eddie Jackson, who was their best safety. What's left on this defense? That's a question we're still asking ourselves, too. <laughs> Even this last week against the Jets, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon were both injured and out. So it was it was a preseason defense the Bears had out there. And it's why Mike White looked like a much better quarterback all of a sudden than uh, what they had been doing with Zach Wilson. Uh, maybe an artificial inflation there. But it does feel like, matchup-wise, a good time for Aaron Rodgers to maybe get back on the horse a little bit here, even with you know the injured thumb and, and the rib injury as well. Because we're not sure what Brisker and Gordon's status is going to be just yet. I, I I'm expecting them both to play, but even if they do, right, that's, those are kind of the highlights. Them and Jalen Johnson at cornerback are kind of the guys that you're left with to answer your question. And then I'm sure Packers fans can get on board and find some rare agreement with Bears fans in rooting for Jack Sanborn, the Wisconsin product, yep. undrafted rookie free agent, instant fan favorite in Chicago. And uh, I think Packers fans won't mind seeing him line up some tackles out there too. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, I think, opened some eyes last week, right? I mean, he's he's already getting the profile treatments. Guys going, hey, who is this guy? And there uh, there were some people that I that I think are smart generally that were like, hey, this is a kid in the draft who needs to be getting more attention than he is. And, and that is to say, 
some attention because he got none in the drafts. So that's that's a really interesting point. Also, um, you mentioned Kyler Gordon. He's coming back. The Packers picked on him mercilessly the first time these two teams played. Has there, like, if he does play, is there a reason for them to not do that again? Like, what is his development? Because that's a long time ago now already. I mean, we're talking about two plus months. What has his development been like this season? The reason to not pick on him would be just to pick on someone else with the other. <laughs> you pick on DeAndre Houston Carson instead or or Kendall Vildor. I mean, it's it's not so much is he all of a sudden really good because he still had he still had his his moments, his ups and downs. He certainly has not been as bad as he was in that Packers game. That was about as worse as we've seen him. And Aaron Rodgers did a really good job of, of taking advantage of him. We've certainly seen him improve in terms of you know, stepping up and being physical as a tackler. You know, they've, they've, we've seen a couple of times teams will throw a screen in his direction and he'll just, you know, knife through the block and, and make a nice play. Like he is, he's making progress in that regard, but there's still too many times when he's a step slow in, in reading the route that's coming at him and, and, you know, step behind in coverage, working across the middle of the field, especially that's where the Bears defense has been gashed over and over. And we've seen him be good at like later in games, learning over the course of the game. Like, okay, they keep trying to beat me this way and, and, figuring it out eventually it's just he always seems to be like mentally one step behind like it takes him a while to sort of figure out what they've been doing to him and then how to then stop that and counter that and he eventually does figure that out but it's like it's taking a little bit longer than you would like for a player like him so i would i would expect the packers to a, a, attempt something similarly until he proves otherwise that he can stop it uh, the the big question for me is you know what what is going to be the bears ability to prevent big plays because that has been where this this offense has really turned a corner, I think, over the last few weeks. Christian Watson has been a big part of that. They've gone over 32 of the last three games, in large part because Christian Watson is a menace. And it was not just the deep plays. We saw him hit two deep shots against Dallas. But then in um, Sunday night against the Eagles, you have Christian Watson, middle of the field. This is classic Shanahan play-action drift. And it's just a little drift post. And... He turns a 12-yard play into a 50-yard play, and it's a touchdown, especially with that middle-of-the-field defense seeming vulnerable with Eddie Jackson, although Eddie Jackson not been the same guy, right, since um, early uh, in his career. What, what do you think the plan will be for the Bears in terms of trying to stop an offense that we that we are pretty sure now, both Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have said, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um what is the plan? Because there have been some defenses that have been willing to say, Aaron Rodgers, we dare you to beat us. Do you think the Bears are going to take that same sort of approach? No, I don't think they're going to be that that forward about it, right? I mean, I think the Bears are desperate to just cling to anything they can. And if they could stop the running game, that'd be great. And if they could stop the passing, that'd be great. But I, they don't have anything that they can hang their hat on right now. They certainly don't have a pass rush to, to write home about. So, I, th I mean, I think they're going to sit back in a lot of two deep coverages again. And certainly it'll depend on you know how healthy Jaquan Brisker is as far as who they want to rotate down there. But they, they have a lot of faith in DeAndre Houston Carson as Eddie Jackson's replacement. He was a guy that had to start in some spots last season due to injury and looked starting caliber even coming off the bench made a couple of nice surprise plays he doesn't quite have the same range at the position but but he's smart and he's a guy that can kind of line up all over the place so like i, I don't think they have the speed necessarily to, to chase down a guy like christian watson if he gets free and you know the bears missed 17 tackles last week against the new york jets you, mm. you can't afford to miss too many after the catch against guys like Watson and some of the other young receivers that Green Bay has. But I think they're going to want to try and keep everything in front of him. And I think that's where the big play comes from. It's not so much 
you know, the, the coverage bust per se, or that somebody just gets absolutely smoked down the left sideline, but it's, it's guy makes the catch. And then the first guy misses the tackle. Or the second guy misses the tackle and he breaks free with his speed after the catch. That's where I would see kind of like what we saw with Watson on the Jordan love touchdown last week, where it's not, it's not the 60 yard bomb. It's the, it's the 20 yard intermediate completion that goes 40 yards after the catch. Cause no one can bring him down. And the problem with, with Christian Watson is, Good luck catching that guy. Like he is just absolutely ridiculous. Darius Slay was on his podcast talking about it in in hilarious fashion because Darius Slay is awesome and hilarious. Um, and he was saying that that Christian Watson was compared him to the Roadrunner, um, and said that there was a play that that he actually held Christian Watson and should have gotten called for holding because he was like you're running too fast, like stop because he just like it was like that kind of would even all pro corner saying these kinds of things about the, a rookie like that that's saying something and he he erases angles like that you have to be taking good angles against him because he will erase them um i was actually talking to his mom of all people and she was saying oh, his his I'm best over here huh <laughs> chill out uh and his that his best track event was the 200 meter and that that, that he almost needs like a good amount of time to get to that, that top, top end speed. And she told me, and this is great. He had almost 21 miles an hour on the GPS tracker. She said he has at least one, if not two more gears that he can get to in the open field if he needs it after that. And that's that 200 meter, right? Those guys, when they make that final corner, those guys are flying. Somebody just need a little bit of, of runway to get to that space. Also the bears, I just looked this up as we were talking um, by, by, Pass direction, they are the worst defense by DVOA down the right side of the field. Um, presumably that is um because it's the non-Jalen Johnson side. Correct. Um, and so I expect that, that that sort of trend would continue. Um, we do have to talk about the the other side of the ball, though, for for Chicago. Let's let's assume for the moment Justin Fields is not going to play. How, how much do you think that they need to change from what we saw last week uh, against the Jets to this week against a much less stout defense? Is it just like, here's the ball to to David Montgomery 30 times and see what, what can happen? I, given how much the Eagles were able to rush against them last week, I think that's probably the game plan you'll see. I mean, we we saw some of that even against the Jets defense where they you know had a, a couple of three and outs that were handoff, handoff, handoff punt. Like they just, there's not a ton of faith in, Trevor Simeon being able to open things up. And a lot of the yards he had last week were a couple of checkdowns and a 50, 50 ball and uh, a touchdown in the end zone. That was, could have been intercepted, but Byron Pringle came up with a, with a nice catch there. And then the offense kind of stalled after that because a quick release check down offense is just not going to necessarily work for four quarters in the NFL. It, it kind of takes, you need some really special skill players to be able to be able to do that. And the bears do not have that. I I'm curious to see how aggressive they get with chase Claypool that was one of the things that Simeon talked about after the game. He's like, I, I wanted to give him a couple of chances and say, hey, I'm just going to put the ball up there. You go get it. And they weren't afraid to go one-on-one, -on -one, him versus Sauce Gardner. And I think he drew a pass interference on one and, and caught another one. And certainly Gardner won a few of those as well. It was not a – Claypool did not dominate that matchup by any means. He had two catches all game. Like It wasn't, yeah. wasn't that. But it was still better than I think we expected that matchup to go for the Bears. And so I would bet, you know, whether it's Jar Alexander or, or Rizal Douglas on whatever side Claypool's going to be on, like – I think you're going to see a couple of those shots downfield just to give him a shot to go use his 6'4", 240 pound frame against cornerbacks that are, you know, not, not tiny, but not quite that big either. I've always thought 
teams do a disservice with young quarterbacks by not allowing them to create a little bit of variance. If you're trying to win these games, and this is the same with backup quarterbacks, you got to sling it. You got to take some chances. You got to throw the ball down the field because whether it's Trevor Simeon, whether it's Justin Fields, who's just not equipped, I think right now, if, if you're forcing him to be a passer, to go 10, 12 plays, 80 yards and score touchdowns. And I mean that both like because of his limitations and the limitations of this team, right? But if you let them take some play action shots, like one, one might get intercepted, but you might hit one or you might get a DPI. Like I always think that even, even with a Trevor Simeon led offense, don't make him try and complete seven passes in a drive. Like that's just probably not going to happen. Um, and, and I don't know why teams want to die that way. Like why, why is that the hill you want to die on? That just doesn't, it just has never made sense to me. Um, do you think, do you think Joe Barry is still going to leave his cornerbacks 15 yards off the line of scrimmage against a quarterback like Simeon? That's you would have happily take all that space in that check down. I, I wish I could tell you that I didn't think he would do that. Uh, luckily the last time these two teams played, the Packers played a lot more aggressively on the, on the outside. So if you're going to, if you're a Packers fan looking for some, for some hope, <laughs> or maybe some cope. If you look at the last two times, the last time these two teams played, um, they actually did the thing that Packers fans were hoping that they would do. And that's play a little bit more, a little bit more press, a little bit more, just like not press, but like guys, six yards off the line of scrimmage versus 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Like that can make a difference. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I don't Lauren. I, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't make any promises to you at this point. I'm sorry. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Bet Online has this one: Packers four and a half point favorites, uh, and that's a. It, man, I think it's an interesting line. Um, it's there's been some movement since that line opened, that may suggest that Trevor Simeon is going to play, or at least that that the betters think that that's the case. Get all the latest odds and trends and all the good stuff from Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can find them there as well. Fastest and easiest way to get your fix. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Locked On Bears your first listen. Either one, both of them. I guess you can't listen to them at the same time. You could play them both. One, one Google Play speaker and one Bluetooth speaker, you can do it. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, Lauren, it's a moment of truth. Packers, Bears, rivalry. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Chicago, so that makes this really tough. Uh, what do you what do you see here in terms of uh, the, what's going to dictate the outcome and what do you think the ultimate outcome is going to be? Yeah, certainly Justin Fields would would swing this a significant number of points for me. I, so I guess out of the way, first and foremost, if Fields doesn't play, the Bears don't stand a chance. I, I, I think that's that's pretty plain and obvious. This defense is horrendous. However bad the Packers fans think their defense is, get ready because this <laughs> this feels like the game where Rodgers is going to. Write the ship a little bit more, even I mean, even more so than we've already seen. And of course, and a love came in and played well last week. What did you say the 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 tackle missed tackle number was seventeen against? Okay, the I will see your seventeen. Matt Lafleur said yesterday the Packers missed twenty two against the Eagles. <laughs> well, but that's those are the the Eagles are a little bit. I feel like I mean, don't get different wrong. than the different than the Jets. They're well, sure good and stuff, but uh, not quite not quite the Jets there. But yeah, so I mean, 
so it's hard. It's hard to put a number on it. Like I think, so if fields plays, the bears might be able to keep up in a shootout with the Packers. And that's, that's the difference here. It's not so much whether, and I think either way, the Packers are going to get, you know, 28, 30, 35 points in there. And it's a matter of whether the bears score 10 or whether they score 28. And I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't think they signed Tim Boyle to the active roster this early in the week. If there's, you know, if they're not confident in, in, in fields and it's worth noting that Simeon also missed practice on Wednesday with the oblique injury he suffered before the game on Sunday, but he played the entire game with the injury. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a, a huge risk there, but if certainly if it's Peterman or Boyle having to start this game, forget about it. So to, to, to come around and put a number on it, I'm going to say fields doesn't play. And it, it probably ends up a kind of a similar score to what the bears saw last week from the jets that maybe they hold into a field goal on a drive or two, but there's going to be, you know, two, three, four touchdowns in there. So I'll say, I don't know, Packers 34 bears, 13. Yikes. Uh, the the betting market thinks it's going to be a little closer. I said four and a half. This yeah. opened at two and a half. So I think that that means that that at least the the betting public thinks that Justin Fields probably not going to play, um, or at least that these two teams are just not that close. We also heard about the Eddie Jackson injury since that opening line came out, so that could have affected it as well. I I just like don't have enough faith in the Packers defense to think like thirteen is a reasonable number unless we're talking about Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon. So that's what makes me a little leery here. I, I think you're right. Like 27 to 10, 20, even 27, 17 in a similar kind of way that it was the first game where it was like the Packers dominated that game and the score said it was closer than it was right. Like that, yeah. that could be the kind of outcome just because I don't trust the defense that said Devondre Campbell practiced on Wednesday, Romeo Dobbs practiced on Wednesday. Those could be big additions for this team that already is finding themselves a little bit offensively. But if Justin Fields plays, even an injured Justin Fields, like I like 31, 24, 30 to 24, something like that, where it is, it is much closer Um, to your point though. I just, I just, the defense for the bears, I, it's bad. It's so bad. And I understand the lions defense was bad and the Packers looked terrible in that game. That was a different Packers team than the one that we've seen over the last month. So I think that's where it is. We both think the Packers cover. But again, this is really hard to predict because we don't know what's going on with Justin Fields. Like I, I would, my, my inclination would be to say, don't bet this game. Uh, like if you think Justin Fields is going to play, but if you don't think he's going to play bet the Packers right now, because you're not going to get a better number than four and a half. Like if we get like when the inactives are announced, if Justin Fields is announced inactive, that line is going to shoot to seven yeah, or higher. And so like get that number now and we'll see what happens from there. What is like, what is the path for Chicago? The path to, for Chicago to win this game is, is Justin Fields playing and being somewhat close to 100% and being able to do what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles did last week, right? It's it's 250-plus rushing yards on the ground. You know, I know the Eagles broke 350. I don't want to go that high for the Bears, but like it's it's Fields rushing for over 100 himself and David Montgomery rushing for over 100 himself and maybe some other guys getting involved in that ground game and controlling the clock knowing that your defense is going to give up probably at least three points every time you give it to the Packers, holding them a couple field goals, maybe getting a couple of those interceptions off of Aaron Rodgers that we saw last week as well. Like that, that's what it takes. It's it's keeping the ball to Rodgers' hand, getting a couple turnovers, fields, winning a, a shootout with Rodgers, because I just don't think either defense necessarily is going to have the horses to consistently stop what the other team is going to be doing offensively. Just two very different paths for them towards offensive points. I am. Um, I think the Packers goal should be to make sure Jordan Love plays in this game. 
And, and I mean, in like the fourth quarter like that, you know, I think it's that it, it could be that kind of game. If it's a Trevor Simeon, Nathan Peterman, Tim Boyle game, but if Justin Fields plays, like, I think, you know, I, I don't want to be too, too negative about it because the fields is so dangerous and has gotten even more dangerous since the last time the Packers saw him. Um, we saw last year him make some plays that he had that incredible rollout touchdown, right. Against the Packers, um, like a 30 yard touchdown run. Right. So, um, that, that element is dynamic, but I don't think either of us thinks he's going to play. And that, that plays a big role in all this. Just another reason, by the way, that I don't think Aaron Rodgers should play, but that is a, a discussion for another day. Lauren, uh, this is great. We will do some more of these in the off season. I'm sure. Um, and, uh, well, I'll be live after the game. Are you going live after the game? I don't know if I'm going to be able to this weekend, but I'll be around. All right. Well, there'll certainly be a recap show podcast on the Locked on Bears feed. We will talk to you all later. All right. Awesome to talk to our pal, Lauren. Uh, We will be live tomorrow, 7 Central, 8 Eastern time on the Locked on Packers YouTube feed. Check us out there. The podcast will be up in your podcast feed, wherever you get podcasts shortly thereafter. Come hang out with us so you can stay Locked on Packers.